Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back with another episode on the REI Network podcast. I have a guess what, another guest, a very good friend of mine. Uh, we're actually partnering on a few things as well, so I'm excited to bring him over. And just before I do though, let me give you a quick giveaway. If you've not already, make sure you go to reinetwork.com slash lead sheet. Okay, this is really good. You can print 10, 20 copies. This is good for talking to sellers and taking notes. And remember, taking a picture, giving it to your VA and let them update the CRM. We've got to keep you out of the CRM, okay, so you can focus on making money. But we've got something better that I'm going to bring to you today on the ways that we can help you. So this, this episode is all about helping you if you want to partner with us. So we're going to dive straight in. So I am going to bring him over, a good friend of mine, Dustin Kircher. How are you, bud? Hey, what's going on, Gavin? I'm doing good. Awesome. I appreciate you uh, jumping on. We've been working on a few things in the background, okay, which is if you guys want to have a little sneaky peek, go to reidealclosers.com, reidealclosers.com. We've been working on something now for six, seven weeks. I'm pretty excited to share, and we're going to jump into that, into this episode. But before we do, we want to find out a little bit more about Dustin. A lot of you know my story, my background. But I want to find out, or I want you guys listening to find out a little bit more about Dustin. Uh, he's a powerhouse uh, in, in the real estate space. He's very humble, super nice guy. So I'm going to probably put him on a pedestal here that he's not, <laughs> I would say he's not used to, but he's not, he's not in, in his comfort zone, okay? But he has done a lot of deals, uh, well over a thousand deals uh, in multiple states, super impressive. So we're going to learn a lot. So Dustin, tell us a little bit, kind of your backstory, like why real estate? How did you get in and how are we here today? Yeah. So, I mean, real estate has been pretty much my whole life. I, uh, in high school, was given the book that everybody knows about, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Sparked yeah. my interest. Um, then I was up late one night and saw Carlton Sheets. Um program and i bought it yeah. and my parents actually put up the money you know bought the course back then i still have it it's pretty funny i won't ever yeah. sell that thing and i used to tell my friends in high school i'm gonna be a real estate investor and that's that's what i wanted to do is either that or i'm a car mechanic i gave the car mechanic thing a shot because I, I love old cars and yeah. after a year working in a shop i was like oh man this is a killer like i smelled like transmission oil every day I went home i was 18 at the time and you know it'd take me two hours to rinse it all off and try and go out with friends at that point so yeah um i went back to the the real estate and studying that i went off to uh, college and started studying real estate in college uh, and business marketing and um i fell back into the real estate side again uh, my my grandma used to own a um an escrow company and so she always talked to real estate and then when she found out i got back into it she thought I was doing on the sales side, but I really went into for the investment, the development. And she's like, I never, you, you can't be a real estate agent. And I'm like, I'm not. I mean, people know me. I'm kind of shy. Unless I get to know you well, then I'll, you know, talk yeah. out, but I'm kind of held back in big groups, especially. So that yeah. wasn't my thing, but I loved numbers and I loved figuring out how to make deals work. And so mm -hmm. I did that back when I was 21. 
So it's now almost 17 years right now. Yeah. So I've been in the business. I uh, interned with one of the top agents and investors out in um, in Chico and learned what they were doing. And then I decided to get my real estate license to help kind of just sell deals. I started working with student parent investors where I would go on the campus. And at that time, I already knew how to analyze numbers, right? So I would say, hey, buy a house instead of having them live in the dorms. You have your your kid live in one and then rent out the other two or three rooms. And now you're there for free or making money while your kid is in in school. And you know, once they're done with their term, then sell the house to somebody else. And so I quickly, yeah, I quickly became, uh, uh, you know, the top producer rookie by selling that going that round selling properties that way. So learn that side, learn more on the investment. And then I partnered up with people that started rehabbing houses. Yeah, we're going to come on to that. I just want to jump back. So any of you guys that have got kids going to college, did you just pick up on that, right? Go and buy the house, rent all the rooms. You're going to cash flow. It's like a mini Airbnb, but probably cash flow is even better, right? Because you're renting by the room, especially depending on where they're going to college. And then build all that money up. And then when they're done with college, sell it. So I guess the parent who owns that, Dustin, is probably living there for free while making money, right? So that their kids live in there free and they're cash flowing every month, right? Yep, exactly. And then, you know, I just became friends with, you know, whoever the student was going to be. I mean, I was, I was young at that time too, right? I was still in college selling real estate. So I hadn't finished college. I was still selling real estate. So I would make friends with them. And so when they were leaving, you know, I, I collect that. I would also get the listing on that side or, you know, so I just pitch any of my buddies, anybody that was out there. And so it it worked well for me. Yeah. And I would door knock. I would also door knock student housing, other houses. I knew that, you know, their parents would had bought for them and I would door knock and I say, Hey, you know, are you, how, when are you guys graduating? Blah, blah, blah. I specialize in this kind of, uh, in these sales. And that's how I, I started doing a bunch of Love deals it. that way. Love and it. then, yeah. And then from there, you know, I, I always had the interest, like I said, development and, and rehabbing. So I started learning about that. I worked for a gentleman and I was kind of like their bird dog, right? I, I found properties, analyzed them, sent them to them. I got paid for it. And then I did my first deal when I was 24, my own flip by myself. And it was out of state. It was in Atlanta, Georgia. It was my first deal as a flip. And I was super scared. I had a buddy that moved out there that was a contractor. And so he's like, hey, heck, I could do the work for you, blah, blah, blah. So we, and beyond just my first deal, it was the first time I was ever introduced to trustee sales. So we bought it at a trustee sale and we got it, we call it a penny over, right? And I was like, why did nobody nobody bid on this property. And so I was like, Oh, crap, did I overpay? What happened? But the property was so overgrown on weeds, and it was set back in a lot, it's kind of a bigger lot that people didn't think there was a property there. I remember one of the investors stopped by was talking to my buddy who's the contractor. He's like, Yeah, there was I didn't think there was a property here. I thought you guys were crazy that you bought this property, but it was so overgrown, you couldn't see the house. And so we bought it plan was to keep that as for over a year, you know, then sale, sell it to avoid capital gain, the short-term capital gains. But we ended up selling it within like six, seven months because we got a, a super good offer. And uh, then I was, I was hooked after that. Um, what did you make on that? Do you remember? I think we each made 30,000. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was a while. That was 2004 or something like that. So it was a while ago. No, wait, not 2004. I'm sorry. 2008. Yeah. But anyways, um, 
yeah, so I was hooked and then just started uh, focusing more on that. And then I worked for uh, a couple of hedge funds, again, on the traditional real estate side. And I sold 180 properties in eight months for these uh, for this hedge fund. And then that led me to, uh, and that was, that was crazy. I mean, trying to set up a team real quick and sell properties all over California. Um, yeah. But that got me into a position where I was asked to come on as the director of acquisitions for uh, one of these hedge funds, one of the largest properly held investment firms. And yeah. you know, manage a team of 30 plus agents, different admin staff, uh, project managers. And we bought in the four years I was with them before leaving, we bought over 5,000 homes all across the country. So it was, that was a huge learning experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that just leaped me, leaped bound my knowledge to how to handle kind of any situation and it, all the different title issues and all that stuff. And then I, I mean, we've done a lot of work. I've never worked for Edge Fund, but I've sold to Edge Fund. And um, I don't know what it was like then, but especially now, it's all about the buy box, right? And and everything has to be in the window. And if it's like a, a square foot out or it's a half a bath out or if it's one year out or whatever, it is a no-go, right? They are so strict on their buy box. And then they want a lot of them want to close with who they want to close with. They run the show. They pick the inspector on their time frame. So as wholesalers, like it was kind of like, what do you do? Because we've made a lot of money with hedge funds, but at the same time, we need to make sure that our contracts are good enough to allow us to give us enough time to get these things you know, going. Because it's very rarely you can't close in seven days with them because they have the money, they have this whole process, and yep. you, they do not come off the process for anyone. It's, this is it. The guy goes in, then it gets the pictures to the next guy. The next guy then checks the offer. And then the next guy does this. And then the next guy does that. And then we get the final offer. And then are we going to close or we're not? So all these things were like, but at the same time, I can move. I mean, one of our biggest deals we did with a hedge fund, I can remember in Mississippi, we made 43000 on it. And anyone local, we could only make 5000 Yeah. Right? So how can you not hold out, right? Yep. I mean, it was just like, you have to hold out. You can't yeah. leave that. We're not talking about a few grand here. We're talking like 10 times the amount of money that you're going to make to a local person. You just have to follow their rules. So I can only imagine trying to me dealing with them and how frustrating it is for my team, but never mind working for them. Because a lot of the, the people that work, Lennon, and I don't know if you felt this way, were like on our side. Like, yeah, we get it. It makes no sense. But yeah. this is the way it is. So everyone in the chain knew it didn't make sense. But at the end of the day, this is this is the way it happens. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like with any big corporation, right? They're, if they have to make a policy change, it's yeah. a slow, slow movement because it has to go through so many different departments, right? To make sure that it's right and they're not screwing up, whereas a smaller company can easily pivot. I mean, it's the same thing. We it just in, we called it the REO division. And just in that department, there was probably 100, 150 employees. And, you know, I was maybe looking over 40, 50 of those uh, employees. Uh -huh. and ain't Time we wanted to implement something it was like that was like there was i was in third in command or whatever i guess you would say there at that point yeah and even to get stuff processed through that you know you have to go through the partners and all that and you're just like holy cows three months later now he's probably being implemented so you know i tried to, they were what we did was a little bit different we bought big tapes from the, directly from the banks we bought from trustee sale okay. Uh, we've bought thousands from a trusty sale. And then, you know, we've made uh, national news. Uh, just tell us for people listening, because I should have picked this up earlier. Explain to us what a trustee sale is. Yeah, a trustee sale is, is when a property is foreclosure, right? The last step is they sell it at the courthouse. So in a 
non-judicial state, they sell it at the courthouse and it goes to the highest bidder based on, you know, opening bids or whatnot that the trustee wants. So that's, that's the, you know, the stuff you see or hear about like, you know, 350, 351, you know, you just. Yeah, yeah. Auction. You can't even blink or move your head, right? Because your bid's in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you cannot yeah. miss it. You have to be super in tune with what's going on. And I had started with this company and like we helped to grow it. I was there from the very beginning. And so we created all the systems. So I went out a couple of times before we hired runners. And I was just thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I'm holding 500,000 right now in my hand because it's cashier's checks, right? Yeah. I'm like, I mean, no one could really rob me and use it because it's written in the name, but I was thinking that. And yeah, then yeah. at the same time, you got like 20 people on the prop. It's super dead. And all of a sudden you hear this, the trustee number come up. Yeah, so the, you know, the, the auctioneer would come up, call the trustee number. You wouldn't be doing anything for a little bit. And all of a sudden, you see 20 people just jump up and run to the auctioneer. And then they start saying, you know, opening bid, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm trying to talk to the partner at this time and saying, okay, what are we buying now? What's our, what's our max? You know, what's our go? And then they kind of have to hear what's going on. <laughs> so I go 350, 200 or whatever the bid amount had to be. Yeah. And it was just, it was stressful. And so, I mean, and then we eventually, you know, we were in like, we mainly did that throughout California. And so we were in five different counties uh, throughout California bidding. So we hired runners and all this stuff. It it was crazy because you only got to see or know if that property was going to go up for sale. I mean, you had a list, but they dwindled down until the day of um, our even hours before the actual sale. So you have to have a team to like an hour or so before it's going to go up auction, try and look at the property and make sure it's not burned down. You're not just buying the land, right? Yeah. And that happened. I mean, that's happened. We just didn't have enough time to get to the property. It seemed like a great deal. The partner of the hedge fund wanted to, I mean, he was very risky and just said, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. And we bought it and found out that there was no house there. <laughs> so, I mean, you talk about a loss of like three, $400,000 yeah. right at the back. So it's it was crazy, crazy though, how much, how much money is being made to just make that call though. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't disclose, but I used to run the P and L's. I, I can't disclose how much these guys made by the time I left. A, I was lot, like, a lot of money. Right. I think lots. it's one of them that you go, okay, <laughs> if I can do a percentage of this, 1% of this on my own, I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it made me think about, man, why did I not push my salary or my uh, commissions more? But <laughs> anyways, so that was that towards, you know, like the last year of being there, trusty sales slowed down, the tapes from the pools were uh, slowing down and they their main business was commercial hospitality, apartment buildings, senior housing, stuff like that. They asked me to kind of go into that and I wasn't really up for that at that time. So I was starting to flip again in San Diego, started doing that with a couple partners and been doing that. And then about four years ago, I jumped into a virtual market and been buying houses, flipping there, wholesaling, uh, rentals, and leads me to what we're doing now and mainly kind of focusing on uh, building a rental portfolio, working creative deals, uh, sub twos, lease options, and, and all yeah. that side. So yeah, no, no, that's really good. So let's talk about the, you know, obviously how how we, we've talked about how we got here, but now let's talk about kind of what we've been working on. Right, we met probably I don't know four or five years ago, something like that. Four years. Yeah. Um, well, when I uh, when I was deciding to go virtual is when I reached out to you and Joe. Yeah. Because you know all my deals in San Diego were just 
based on referral. Like I hadn't done marketing. I hadn't really set up the teams. And so all I got was deals from agents I had hired in the past. So I didn't have to figure out that stuff. And then I was like, oh man, if I'm going to go virtual, I need to learn all this stuff. I need to set up the systems, which I didn't know how to do at that time. And the easiest way to do it and the quickest way to do it is reaching out to someone who knows how to do it, right? A coach yeah, like myself yeah. And, and Joe. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I know, uh, and you did well. I think you did like, you know, 200, 220, I think thousand first year, you know, gross between you and partner. And that, that again, the reason for REI Network is your partner at the time doing that came through the group. And I think that's the importance of having a group and a coaching platform yep. because I was able to put two personalities together with what one did have and what one had to, to go, look, you know, I'm not saying that you guys are going to be a good fit, but I think you should have the conversation. And then you hit it off, obviously made some money together, which was great. Because you've got one person on the ground that's going to go and see the house and run rehabs. And then you got you that wanted to fit in the role like of running the systems from a virtual level in the marketing. And when you can bring two people in together, obviously magic can happen. So I know you did that. And then obviously you've done creative for a long time, but now that's kind of where your passion is, right? So when we talk, talked, I don't know, two or three months ago, I get a lot of people reach out to me. Hey, can you look at this deal? Hey, can we JV? And people are going to probably think I'm crazy when I say this, but I say, I'm sorry, I can't because I don't have the bandwidth, right? Not because I don't want to. It's just like when you're in a, I'm doing my own deals. Like right now we have three flips. We, well, we've got two in closing for wholesale. Uh, we've got another one closed on the on the June 1st. Uh, we've got another one two weeks after that. So my real estate stuff's going and hopping. And then I'm obviously coaching. And then all of a sudden people randomly reaching out saying, hey, do you want a JV? And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I only JV with coaching clients. That's not for me to get you into the coaching program but it seems to be the fairest way that I can actually manage it, right? And we talked about this. And uh, so anyway, so we came up with something where we've actually put like a team together. There's like going to be, you know, four or five of us that are going to be putting a team together here at REI Deal Closers. So go and check that out, REI Deal Closers, where we will actually do a couple of things. We'll JV on deals with you if you have contracts, or even better still, a lot of you are focusing on wholesaling, right? I'm obviously a coach, and I'm the first to say, focus on one thing, okay? Make something work before you get all the shiny objects. So here's the thing. What we want to do is we don't want to give you the shiny object. We want to give you an actual something that you can execute really quickly, which is basically as you're doing your wholesale deals, or even if you're focusing on creative finance and you're learning, right? You can give us your leads even your dead leads, okay, and we will work them and get you paid. Now, there's difference. You can check it out. And I'm going to bring Dustin here to go and, you know, give you some examples. Um, depending on if it's a dead lead, we're going to get you paid something on it. Or if you've got a contract, you want a JV. And we'll let, look at deals, Dustin, across the whole country, right? Every state, we will look at a deal. So we're not excluding anyone in this. So tell us, Dustin, dive in a little bit with kind of like, okay, cool. We can check the website out, REIDealCloses.com. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us what they're going to be doing and uh, how this is going to work for them. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's for those who, you know, are, are, have a wholesaling business, they're trying to learn that side of it. And, you know, I've, I've been in, that, in their shoes too. It's, at a certain point, you're like, you're working on growing that business, but you have these leads that don't make sense for you as a wholesale or as a flip, right? So, but you throw 
them away or you put them in the back burner. You don't do any kind of follow-up or even if you do, it's, it's like low motivation follow-up. And usually that doesn't get you any kind of deal, the very low motivation. However, they do kind of want to sell, but they're not willing to sell at the discount that makes sense as a wholesale or flip. So I started working on those kind of leads and finding out, okay, what are the solutions that led me to, you know, the lease options, seller financing to sub two, to novation agreements, stuff like that. And you can actually turn some of these leads, not all of them, you know, there has to be some kind of motivation still, but you can turn these leads into deals. And I was trying to figure out, okay, well, how, you know, I had wholesalers bringing me stuff that had just known who I was and said, how do I make this beneficial for everybody? And it was just really, well, I'll pay you for your dead lead. If we close it, you get paid for it. That can go back towards marketing. You can focus on wholesaling or flipping whatever you're doing on that side and not have to stress out about these deals that aren't going anywhere or don't know how to structure or talk to the seller about that. So that's why we kind of came up with the REI deal closers. It was with, you know, the amount of people that are reaching out to you, Gavin, the amount of people that are reaching out to me. It's like, okay, how do we join forces and make this bigger to help more people uh, yeah. all over all over the nation, really. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very big as well. Like if I can't deliver, I don't like to do something. And when people mm-hmm. are reaching out, because I don't want to derail my team either, right? I have my team working and, uh, and, and I want them to stay focused to get results. And all of a sudden these shiny object deals come in, right? And we know a lot of them aren't deals. So you have to have time to actually look and analyze them. So I think this is going to be kind of a, a a game changer to to be able to put something in place where we can help people. You know, we're not asking you uh, or asking you, meaning the people listening to us right now to pay us, right? We're not pitching you anything, got nothing to sell. This is just you doing your marketing dollars and trying to utilize where you have the mindset of no lead left behind. Okay, yep. no lead left behind. And, and all you've got to do is, um, and you can look at, check the website out, but we have a form that you're going to fill out and follow some simple steps. It's going to come in, we're going to pick it up, and then we'll, we'll start, you know, communicating with you and we'll work the lead ourselves. If you just want to hand the lead over, there's going to be like a kind of flat fee that we'll pay at closing. Uh, if you have the contract and you want a JV, and this could be even wholesale, right? We'll look at we'll look at any deal that you have, any creative deal, sub two, lease option, cash deal, owner finance, whatever. We'll look at it and uh, we'll we'll go from there and give you some even some guidance. Like, look, you're too high, or 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 we can make it work, or whatever we can do with it. We'll be talking to you about it and uh, see how we can grow that. Yeah, exactly, guys. What you said, that's always stuck to me is the no lead left behind, right? From the time I originally had met you guys and started my marketing, I did not, I mean, I did not let one lead slip through. My biggest concern was not following up with the lead because there is, there is money with following up with the leads, right? Even if they're two or three years old, we still close deals that are two or three years old because we're following up that lead. And that's also now because I know how to structure these kind of deals. So, uh, you know, I have friends that just want to focus on wholesaling. That's fine. And they send me their deals now and I can follow up with them. Even if they were two years old, I mean, if they went back to them and said, Hey, would you consider terms? We'll work those leads. And that's kind of how we're doing. And as you mentioned, you know, we'll even deal with like the wholesaling or flipping. If there's, you know, if you just need a little boost to get over line to lock up a deal, you know, we have 
great closers on the team that can get these deals closed for you, get the contract, and then we can join venture on that side. So there's different ways on how to structure it. We'll have all that information on the uh, REI deal closers uh, website, but I, I think it's just, it's going to be a great thing for a lot of uh, wholesalers out there and, and we want to be a little bit more passive about it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know me, right? <laughs> if I can hand the lead over and make some money, I'm all about it um, yep. because I, that's the way it should be. You know, I actually changed like my main model that I I do my personal business is wholesaling and flips, right? Because I can have the team and, and uh, to, to, to do that. Where trying to focus on the creative, if you keep getting pulled in, you have to, you know, think, well, is this is what if is this what I want to be doing, right? Yeah. Something's got to give. Every decision everyone makes in this business, something else is going to suffer because you've only got so much time. Right. And, um, and and I think, you know, your wholesalers that are making, um, you know, four, two, three, four deals a month, they're like, oh, I want to start doing creative finance. Well, here's the key. You still need to do two, three, four deals a month of wholesale and then an additional two, three, four deals of creative finance. But do you have the bandwidth in the team to be able to do that? Because there's no point you going, oh, I used to do four wholesale deals, but now I do one and now I do one creative because I spent all my time trying to do it. And then you make less money and you have more hassle. It doesn't make any sense. So this model is going to be, again, for anyone new to creative finance that needs to get over the line and then any wholesalers that are not focusing on it, uh, staying in their lane, uh, you can, you know, um, partner with us and uh, let's all get some money. Let's all get paid. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, bud. Anything else you want to share while they're listening? Any, uh, any wisdom from all your, <laughs> I mean, what you've just told us blows my mind. You've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like I talked too much about myself on that one. Sorry about yeah, that. No, it was, that's what I, I want. squeeze 17 years into uh, you know, a couple Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what uh, I want, though, because there's a lot of experience. You know, like I've been in the business, you've been in the business way longer than me, and you've done more like different types of the businesses than me. You know, I'm just stay in my lane and, and make my thing work, right? But it's good. It's good to have that knowledge. You know, I'm I'm glad, you know, that you're going to be part of kind of the group at REI Network as well, you know, which is exciting. And guys, you know, check that out. If you go to reinetwork.com slash apply, we're going to be working with our, you know, close uh, group of clients as well. So we're excited about that. Uh, Dustin's going to be involved in some calls and um, we want everyone in our group to be doing deals and then scale into three, four plus a month. Uh, that's the goal. Everyone coming in. We don't, you know, we don't take any more people wanting to do this part time, right? We don't want anyone just trying to flash, flash do a deal we want to turn people into you know businesses and and do this full time yep so i mean the one thing i would say just leaving with some advice is just you know connect with other people in your group in the group you know uh, have accountability partners just reach out to them see if there's anything you can help out with and then you know that's going to come around they're going to want to help you out yeah. And just having that accountability partner, you know, I, I used to role play. I still role play with people and just to get better, even though I'm not really handling the sales too much, I still like to get on the phone every once in a while with sellers and talk to them, but you know, role play, you know, I know Gavin in the group is accountability, but find somebody else in the group that you connect with and, and yeah. have them as your accountability partner, your role play partner, and, and just yeah. network up. Cause uh, that's one of the biggest things in this industry is, um, and, and you're, you're talking to someone that's probably a natural introvert and I don't like to go out there and just network with people, yeah. but I 
do it because I also enjoy learning about the different personalities out there and why people do things. But when you're out there networking, opportunities come. So yeah, no, I love that. And again, RI Network. I was like, that's why I love it. Name. Yep. Yeah, that's the whole point, you know, and I paid to get that domain um, because I'm passionate about it because that's how I started. It's networking, building relationships, and that goes throughout the whole business, building relationships with your, Ken, people in the group, building relationships with your sellers, your buyers, your title companies, your attorneys, your mortgage brokers, all of them people, because that is what makes the world go round. And, uh, and and everyone should be doing it. And we have changed, guys. Like I said, go and check out reinetwork.com slash apply. We've changed our uh, format in our coaching. It is going to be killer. My All my one-to-one guys and gals, they love it. Uh, they think it's great. We've changed the meetings. We're active most days. Uh, again, a lot of accountability, a lot of calls that you can be on to get deals closed. So there's zero excuses. Okay, we're showing up daily doing it. And um, and if you're in the group for the investment you've got to put in, we, we're confident we can 10 times it. So go and check that out. But anyway, Dustin, I appreciate you. We're going to get people reaching out. So I'm excited to, uh, you know, start working with some of these people that, that uh, and we've got testimonials guys as well. Check the website out that we've actually been working you know, we selected a few wholesalers that we've been partnering with uh, to get some deals done um, just to, you know, tweaking the systems to make it efficient, uh, ready to launch this. So we're excited. But Dustin, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day and um, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Gavin. Appreciate it. Bye bye.